This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey everybody, it's Jim Mallard here. Welcome to the Mallard Report. The Mallard Report is recorded in front of a live virtual audience on the Duck Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com, M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things, Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcast, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. Hey, everybody. I was going to say it didn't start playing again, but guess what? It did. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I've been fighting this program, Dave, for a while now about um, restarting by itself. It says it's not supposed to loop, but guess what it does? Loop. So it says it's a loop. Guess what it does? Loop. Say so, loops. Say loops. Uh, my guest tonight is religious demonologist Dave Constantine, longtime friend. I, I mean, I've, I've known you for longer than I've done this show, so that's kind yeah. of Yeah. It's true. So... What's new, Dave? It's been a while since we've talked. I, I, I hate when I say that to people. Good friend that I haven't probably talked to in, what, five or six years? <laughs> well, everybody was terrified with people having COVID. No one's connected. Yeah, so so how you been? What's what's new? What's uh, what's a good word? Well, I took a break for a while. I, uh, I kind of uh, just stepped away for a few years. And recently, in the last couple of years, I uh, ended up getting back, back into the work, you know, consulting and with other groups other groups that contact me by email or uh by letter or some means you know and helping them out you know with some arrangement even smoke signal i i got a message yeah smoke signal that was remarkable that he got it but yeah (laughs) so kind of like you know if if anyone watched the a haunting program um the last one that i did i was helping out a gentleman named uh rick actress and it was an episode called marked by evil but uh yeah, you, you, you try to help the best you can. Bring in some knowledge, you know, things that you, uh, you've you learned through the years. You help out other people, but yeah, it's a good thing. Okay, so for the people who may not be familiar with you like I am, let's give them the um, thumbnail sketch of who you are and what you've done for the last too many years. We'll say 15 just to be nice to you. No, longer than that. <laughs> I know. Way longer than that. Since the late 1980s, I'm not even sure now. Long time. Uh, yeah, I started off with Ed and Lorraine Warren. I went to their their lecture when I was when my early early teen adventures was going to the lecture. I talked my parents into it. I ended up becoming their one of their chief investigators. I was uh, chief investigator for fourteen years, and uh, in that time, I I ended up starting Phantasm Psychic Research. I work with individuals uh, such as uh, Maliki Martin. Uh, Ed and Lorraine, of course, Ed and Lorraine Warren, of course. Um, uh, Father Labar in Hyesville, New York. Some individuals may know who he is. Uh, Bishop Robert McKenna. 
I worked extensively with him, Father Rama Kumaraswamy. He was the assistant professor at Albert Einstein Institute, or actually College of Medicine in New York. Um, he was also a priest, a traditional priest. But I ended up getting involved with the work, and I've been involved with the work for, uh, I think it's been over 30 years now. Long can't time. Can't be that long. 53 now. Yeah, long time. But back I, in, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, back in the day, it wasn't nearly as um, romantic as it is now because real no. film, real tapes. I mean, it had to have been a nightmare to just, I mean, oh, yeah. all that stuff through. I still have it in my storage. These huge, just real on real tapes. I should go through them. Uh, we have some interesting stuff on there. But I tell you, it lasts forever. I'm going back on some of the mod more modern things, and we're getting deterioration of recordings that we have. So I have to transfer that stuff. But the old stuff, like reel to reel and uh, the old film, the actual film that we, we used, uh, is still here with us. So the old stuff's better, not the new stuff. New stuff seems to deteriorate. And also with the new stuff, you can't seem to play it. I had uh, certain cameras that now, because the camera may not work properly or play it properly, I can't play it on anything else. So it makes it very hard to transfer these file file footage from cases and keep records and whatnot because it starts to, you know, go away. And you want it for posterity. You want you want it to be, you want it to be able to go on to those net, those researchers in the future, so they can prepare themselves for this and, and know what to look for. Yeah, as I say, there's a lot of stuff out there. I'm, I'm surprised that the old stuff hangs out better because I thought it would have been a cloud of dust by now. No, 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 no. Um, all my real reels, there's, there's nothing wrong with them at all. And they're sitting outside. I mean, there's nothing. I, I play them. Uh, there's nothing wrong with them. But uh, Just goes to show they don't make shit like they used to. It, the price of investigating back then was amazing. I mean, you had to buy film, uh, the tapes you had to buy. Uh, it just was an amazing amount of money that went out. We weren't asking anybody for, for money, so we were, this was coming out of our pocket. And the stigma back then had to be much yeah. greater, too. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, even now, I'm sure you still get some being sure. what you do, but I mean, we all do to a degree, but back in the day, it had to be nine, ten times worse than it is now. Well, when you went on TV, you were a ghost hunter. If you thought you were a religious demonologist, you weren't. You were a ghost hunter, no matter what. You know, they always had you pinned as this, or even when you did a speaking engagement, here comes the Ghostbuster. That was the worst one, Ghostbuster. No, no, no. It takes the, the absolute seriousness out of it. And we, you and I had a discussion about it, you know, and now we have it all trending. Everybody's, you know, they want to just go for it and, you know, talk to spirits. It just became a trend. Not like it was before. I mean, I talked to you before and told you how I felt when I went to the first lecture that Ed Lorraine did that I saw. I was terrified. I, I progressed and ended up getting into the field. But I'll tell you, 80 or 90 percent of that audience, I guarantee, didn't. Not because, you know, uh any other reason but being terrified of the subject because everybody in there felt it you know you you knew there was something wrong with this and only certain individuals should be involved with it now it's like hey everybody come on in now, Check it's, the other way. now, this. It's, the, now it's the other way yeah nobody's terrified of this which is and that's what way. this thing needs is it needs recognition to be able to come around so that's it's getting what it wants which thing the demon word well, anything, anything in the spiritual world needs recognition by us to come into our world. Yeah. So true. it has it on a mass level. You said mass level. I just flashed back to the conversation we had right before we went on air. <laughs> <laughs> I almost. 
Dave, you're going to get me in trouble tonight. We're not even 10 minutes in yet. You're yeah. <laughs> going to take me back to the old days when I could say whatever I wanted. Well, of course, I could still say a lot of things. But yeah. That conversation, I don't want to have. Um, but there are good researchers out there. I mean, there's some some good, serious people out there, you know, trying to progress and find out what's going on. When people come to you, how do you, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, but you kind of stepped away, so I'm wondering if it's changed. When people come to you, how does that process go now? Because let's say Jim up here in Pennsylvania, Northwest Pennsylvania, has a uh, something that I'm just not sure about. They call Dave Constein, and how's it going? Well, I mean, it's you're when the person first contacts you. That's the, the kind of the manner and the way the person contacts you is important right off the bat. You know, say somebody uh, calls you on the phone. How did they get your number? You know, are they really, uh, is this somebody like a stalker uh, at that level? You know I mean? How did you get my number? And sometimes I've gotten calls on my cell phone. I'm like, how did you get this number? Do you know somebody I know? You know, it's, it's a little disturbing. But uh, the first thing is, you know, to make that contact. And uh, the next thing is the information. You know, it's critical to get the information from the person. So that first time you talk to them on the phone, you try to talk to everybody who is involved, even the kids, if you can keep them on the phone. You know, they start doing something else and get distracted, but... Um, interview everybody involved. I mean, no matter who it is, even the dog. Matter of fact, when you go to the house, make sure you check out the animals. I should mention that. If I don't now, I'll, I'll mention it later. Um, ask, you know, right off the bat, you want to ask, are you working with anybody else? Is there any other groups involved? That's going to be with the questions also, how long has this been going on? You know, have you been involved with a church? Have you been involved with some other Ghostbusters? You know, what's have going you, on? Have you, you know? cracked open a new Ouija board recently? That those are other questions, and that 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 question there can give you an idea of how, what level you're at. Yeah, you know because that's recognition right off the bat. The people right off may be fighting it, so they may have a chance if they have a little bit of faith and they're fighting it. They have a little bit of a a barrier there, but if they're using a Ouija board right off the bat, when you step through the hearth of that door, you better be careful, and you don't know who it's affecting, because anybody there could be possessed, especially if they're not. Well, in my beliefs, if they're not baptized, they're susceptible. If they're not a closed-down vessel, they're susceptible. Yeah, they can they can come under possession at any time. Well, I think they're looking for it too, right? To a certain yeah. degree. So I mean, it doesn't. I mean, that goes hand in hand with what you're saying. If they're looking for activity, well, leave it at yeah. that. Leave looking for activity. I'm not. Well, I'm sure there are some idiots out there who are trying to get possessed, but they're not listening to us tonight anyway. So that's here or there. Uh, well, like I said, is you want to ask the right questions right a lot of time. You don't want to end up going out of state for no reason. We've gone out of state. Matter of fact, I think I told you the story. Went on it. Went out of state. Went up to Vermont. And barring all the other things that happened, which were there was a lot of things that happened that were bad. Slamming my thumb in, in a van door was one of them. Getting lost and a few other things. We found her drunk. This woman, this particular woman drunk in a in a moo kind of like a, a really like a almost like a, something you throw over your couch wrapped around her sitting in a snowbank with slippers with a bottle in her hand and i tell you that was one heck of a night and and to top that off she collected uh moss and spagma it was all in these cases around the room so i was wondering if it was affecting her brain but uh yeah you go out of state and you find that i felt bad for her but you know just she's she has more of a problem than i can handle she needs to call uh, AA. So let's work through this, though, because I think this is where it becomes interesting, right? Because you're trying to figure out 
like this, you know, how legitimate is this person versus something they've seen or heard on either TV, movies, social media, you know, any of these other ball wax things out there. So how do you, how do you legitimately say, hey, this might be real versus something I know I've seen before? Well, in a religious, in the, in the, in the form uh, where we're using religion, we can use provocation. We can also um, have something done when we're working with a clergyman, where we can have something done where on a particular day, and it, again, I'll go back to that episode on Mark by Evil, have something particularly done that day where we have someone there on the spot to see if there's something going on in the house or with the person, what, unbeknownst to the people in the house. They won't know when it's going to happen. And if something happens, it can give us, give us little gauges here and there if something's going on. Provocation, I do not suggest to anybody. You could really get hurt. You can come under psychic attack too. And I don't mean psychic in a good way. I mean, you know, voices in your head chasing you out the door. Yeah, you know, that's not, that's not a good thing. And try not to ever do it in a basement. I know. That sounds Especially like when rough. doors close. As I said, that sounds like a rough personal story there. Yeah. Not just me. Other people too. So I'm going to drill down into this a little bit because I'm interested. You said you took a step, couple steps away. Did you just drift out and nobody noticed, or did you make an intentional July 1st I'm out? I just I saw certain things happening, and I just wanted to just take some time off and just see how everything goes, because people are just you know helping people is it's just so hard. I know you're asking me these questions, but there's a lot more to this. It's just helping people has become so hard. You really. Because that's people have I, been exposed to, to so much, you don't know who to believe. Yeah, and like I, I said, that's, yeah, the, the, the importance of religious provocation and those things. That's why I'm asking, Dave, because I, I know there's many, many layers to that, and I just can't mm. dive deep into it. But with, I mean, because let's, let's be honest, the church is in a decline right now. Good, bad, yeah. or different, it is. Yeah. And so when you add that to this need to be a spiritual whatever, I, you know, people out there trying to do whatever, and there's less people who know what they're playing with, mm -hmm. and less understanding of how these things can evolve, makes your job an absolute nightmare. Let me give you an example. You can buy the Ritual Romanum online, on eBay. That makes it very hard for us. Explain to my listeners what that is that may not know that's our our manual our ritual it's our ritual for exorcism and it's it's in the hands of private citizens it's not good well you need some silver bolts now and we can no wait <laughs> well what i guess what i mean by this is that the, the information for people to be able to look online or look at some of the literature that we have ourselves it's easy for them to get and it's very easy for them if they want to seek fame, a lot of the questions we have, are you involved with the show now? Is there something going on right now that we could be a part of? And those questions just turn us right off and we're out of the case immediately. But if you start getting those little hints that the person's excited about it, like one of the first things I notice is that the family, this is not a bad thing all the time, but they'll come around if we set up monitors, if we, if we have to investigate. They'll come around and some families want to be a part of it. And I can understand that. They want to be a part of the fight. You know, Not too much. They can't be really a part of it. But... Um, but if they start really getting involved to the point where they seem like they're investigators themselves, I become very suspect. 
you know, certain other things I look for, but uh, you're always, because you want to focus on the case, especially if it's something that's dangerous. You don't want to have to, uh, you're looking at two things. Now you're looking for de deception from them. You're looking for deception from whatever you're dealing with. So it became very, very difficult. So I just kind of stepped away, you know, simply just stepped away for a while just to take a break, just to see what I can do. You know, and I, like I said, I'm consulting. I have been doing some, some cases that I don't want to get into at this time because they're very recent. Uh, but the, uh, the, um, the time that I took off, I just wanted to look around. I see people, individuals. I saw, you know, for many, many years coming up, these individuals, you know. Uh, and as a matter of fact, the first sign of this was a lot of these shows were having trouble. And we got calls, not just me. Other individuals that were serious about the research were getting calls that they, these shows were having trouble. Uh, at one point, uh, Paranormal State, the producers of Paranormal State wanted me to take over that show. So you can see what's going on here. Um, he wasn't doing too good. I mean, there's things that went on, you know. But there was there was individuals that needed help. You know, when when certain individuals uh, are working with people, they they have to take it seriously. The sh the, these shows are not important. When you're dealing with the demonic, it should be after the fact. It shouldn't be during when it's happening. You should not be showing this live. You shouldn't be doing this. This is not a carnival. This is a private event. This is something that you don't want to see. Why would you? It's horrible. But yet, everybody and their brothers, we could probably sell one of the biggest, we could sell a football stadium of people who want It became the corner football. seat at the races. Yeah. Everybody wants to see something bad happen. So, because I guess Dave, we kind of parallel this, right? Because you, last time I, I want to say, now this may not be accurate, Dave, you might remember better than me, but the last time I talked to you, you were in a hotel room either going or coming from an investigation, I can't remember the exact details, but you were working six days a week, probably ten hours a day. And it mm. literally took us a year to get Yeah, to I think point. we did this show, I was on tour. I did yeah. a nine-stop tour in the upper, uh, uh, I think I did Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey. I spoke at... Uh, uh, places like Cabrini College. I did a college tour. Yeah. I spoke at all these different colleges. I think I did the show from the motel room. Yeah, but it literally yeah. took us a year to get a date that I yeah. pinned you down into a hotel room <laughs> for an hour and said, hey, we've got to talk, right? Like, yeah. That's how business... I mean, I'm just trying to describe that for our listeners who hear this guy's taking a break. Well, this guy was literally dragging his ass around the country yeah. to sleep, you know, doing this all. So that's why I wanted to make sure I under made sure people understood how dramatic maybe not that but maybe that's not the best word but yeah. for me that's how dramatic it is that i mean i understand well, the importance of taking time off well i i should I, you know you reminded me of, of of something that um i um i we spoke about this i i believe when it did happen um i had at that time was working with a bunch of cases and i was attacked that was another thing that kind of led me to take a break not right away but i was kind of thinking about it because I knew I was getting tired. And I knew, I, I knew whatever is there, the next case I go to, something's gonna, it's going to find some type of weakness. You know, not that you're using your personal strength. I have no strength against these things. I do this in faith and I do this to try to help. I'm not saying I, but what, it, what I'm trying to say is, is that when you're weak, when you're mine, my, my father had just passed away at that time. So there was a lot of things that were going on. I was doing cases. I was doing the, the tour stuff. I was doing stuff on TV. I was, 
your mind gets distracted. You become just really loose. And it's not a good time, you know, especially when you're involved with this. It's like being a guard at a prison. You know, you're not mindful. You're going to get shanked. And th this is probably easier than that. Yeah. Causing trouble. No, I had I had three three-toed footprints outside my my house. I had things that were happening in my house, and I knew when that happened that we you know there was something that was wrong here. But that, that's what led me. But it was it was a progression because I had so many cases I couldn't just it was couldn't find out where it was coming from. But you know everything came together and that you know faded away. But uh, like I said, you know the uh, the break taken was because of what was going on not because of that it was from because of what was going on with the tv shows and they not knowing if someone you know trying to tell if someone's telling the truth making it making it very hard wonder if somebody had the voodoo doll for dave constantine i don't know <laughs> i did have a case that had to do with voodoo voodoo and uh strangely enough our house was flooded coming back from that case that case was in texas i was at, in texas twice that year and the second time when I went to this case, I remember I had these red bags. There was 19 red bags that were buried in on their property by these individuals that wanted to curse them. And we were burning these after they were consecrated. We burned them. But anyway, long story short, it was so hot there. I, I just I, I said I never want to go back. There when you spend a lot of Dave. That's kind of interesting. So we'll wait for Dave's connection to join us back here. Oh, he muted himself. Jim, can you hear me again? I can hear you again. Oh, sorry about that. No, that was fine. That was pretty, you know, we love the, the spiritual timing, right? Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, uh, next question. No, you were saying it was so hot in Texas, and I believe that. But it's interesting because you have to take all kinds, right? Because, like you were saying, you were doing some voodoo. Yeah, and we, we deal with these, well, I would call them spiritual, but, you know, that's kind of a broad blanket term for mm. people who are out there dabbling with whatever. And then those people of, um, I don't want to say lacking faith, but, you know, we're having an honest conversation. I can't put a better word on it at this moment. Yeah. So which one, which one of those groups, or maybe you have a different word or a different type of people that you're thinking of that are the, the hardest to get through when they think they're haunted, but maybe they aren't? Hardest to get through. Um... Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, hardest to get through. Ultra, ultra religious. Uh, I've had individuals that feel that they are a saint, that they that whatever's happening to them is happening because uh, God wants them to be a saint. And uh, I haven't seen that yet, but they think so. They think they're going through what they're going through because they're being spiritually strengthened. But they're actually beaten, being beaten to a pulp, and they need to go in another direction because it, basically what they're doing, they're saying that me, 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 and it's got them. You know, they they, they want themselves to be holy, say, and it doesn't that, work. Isn't that, isn't that backwards? Just the logic of oh, absolutely. Okay, so I'm not up in my sleep right now. Okay. Yeah, uh, individuals who are truly saints did not want to be, and martyrs do. Especially, especially some of the things that happen, some of the martyrs, awful things. I was gonna say that's not a, a, a life. Yeah, and most people they don't feel that they're worthy. Those are the individuals. I'm 
still trying to wrap my head around people that fix their saints. But anyways. Um, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I ran to all my goodness zealots. I, I just, you know, they, they expect, I, I don't know if they expect a certain thing from me, but um, I try to rationalize the situation. I've had them run out the door. Now, these individuals, in this particular case I'm talking about, when I pulled up in the driveway, they come running out the door, and they didn't want to know anything about me, but they knew that I worked with Malachi Martin, and they wanted to know certain things that he said, and it was invalid. And I'm, you know, I was done with that. They didn't want to know anything about me. They just wanted to know what Malachi Martin said. Because well, they heard him on the radio. Okay. But you're the guy that's there. Shouldn't they? Oh, never mind. I try not to talk for other people. <laughs> Our, <laughs> I can't even speak for myself. Me and logic sometimes get in the way, you know. Yeah. That's the worst. But I'm, I'm just fascinated, Dave, because you've dealt with these, these upper-level cases for... Like you said, longer than we both care to remember, right? Mm-hmm. Have they have they shifted, changed, got more worse? You know, because everybody, hold on, the world's ending in twenty four minutes. Oh wait, never mind. I, I can't make the fundraiser not much time. But anyways, you know, there's all these people out there saying the world's ending whenever. So is mm-hmm. is it more rough now, or was it rougher then, or is it the same? I would say that the cases were ending then. You, you kind of knew right away, you know, in this instance, it's taking more time and it's, it's different in every case. I mean, we may have a case, we deal with everything and you know that we deal with people who are being abducted by little gray guys. They are, this guy's seeing this thing over here or whatever. I handle everything. Um, it's the vastness in the cases. Back then we were handling mostly demonic that we didn't have that broadness. There wasn't this, there seems to be this um, expansion, you know, through the years where we're getting this uh, leech off into cryptozoology. But it, I found that it's, it is connected. I mean, there is some realm that seems to be spitting these things out. You know, we're seeing these things, you know, like the Enfield, the, uh, the Enfield creature, not the Enfield poltergeist, but the Enfield creature with that thing with three legs walking through, or you see this Mothman, or you see, you know, you got uh, something in your house, or you got, it, there's different things. Because we, we have cases that are what we call crossover cases, you know, and you have UFOs showing up, you know, uh, with these individuals or individuals in the family. And then you have, and or you have Bigfoot showing up in the backyard. And at the same time, you have demonic infestation or you have poltergeistic activity. You'll have werewolf-like creatures appearing. I had one case where the mother went outside to smoke a cigarette. She looks behind her. Someone's taking a shower. And I guess there was like this window that she had at the time. It wasn't there when I got there. But at one point in time, because uh, the window was smashed at one point by a, uh, a shower rod, but when we had gotten there, uh, she had, yeah, okay. She had a window in the back. It wasn't there when we got there, but there was a larger window. She was able to see what she described as a werewolf's head. Like she would see something like in the howling. Oh. Like a, like a wolf's head, yeah, you know, I'll, but this was I'll... during a poltergeist case. But this, that, that window and a lot of windows in the house had been smashed out. So I, at the time, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't there when we were there. It was broken. So you're kind of confirming my bias that I have, that I believe. Well, I have no serious research to, you know, fall back on here. This is just, oh, God, 12 years of doing this show and talking to people. Anecdotal evidence. But I've noticed that either people have the one, one experience with either, you know, any number of those things, 
or they get the hat trick. They get the the aliens, the cryptid, yeah. the ghost. There's not too many people. I've only found a couple that have had two of the three. It's mm-hmm. either one or three. I can't figure out why there's no because you'd think two would be you know the next logical progression. Yeah, but it isn't. Well, I mean, in cases that I've 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 handled and cases that I've researched. There are some that go across the board and get so strange that um, I don't think we'll ever figure it out. I don't. It's, you can't quite put your thumb on this. It's not for the human to understand. It's it's beyond that. But the thing we can do is kind of we can um, kind of guard ourselves against these things. You know, when uh, a, a per, like individuals that are of a religious, you know, that are religious. You mean when you go out to the woods or whatnot, bring holy water with you. Because a lot of people are going missing. And just in case you're running across something that might be something not from this world, at least you have some defense. You know, use use spiritual resistance, religious resistance. Uh, religious resistance is what we call it. You know, um, don't be so um, eager to uh, become part of the paranormal in your house, out in the woods, or anywhere. Yeah, it seems like everybody's looking for that great story. Hmm anymore right am i wrong about that like everybody well it's coming across like in every every single uh, subject um we have individuals that are like uh pushing the the ufo thing as far as they can push it they're put some people are pushing the the uh bigfoot stuff i mean there was one individual i'm not going to name his name but they, he was putting masks on and he was filming what he would say was bigfoots but it turned out to be they were actually just these they look like uh, something out of Star Wars. They had these fake. You, I, I knew they were fake, but uh, I can't name this person. That's, that would be good. But uh, it, no, every I mean, subject that we're, we're looking them. at here, <laughs> yeah. and don't even talk about the Loch Ness monster with people floating things and taking pictures. I mean, it's just it, it's happening in everything. But uh, well, I do believe there is something in the ocean that would, it will blow our mind. I'm sure, but I don't believe it's locked up monster. I'm not sure what they're saying. It could be anything. You know, they, it could be um, some type of uh, uh, turtle. Maybe it could be a turtle. You know, some type of turtle with a long neck. You know, or they a live bull. a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've got a turtle downstairs that's, what, 15? And his brother was like 45. I guess it wasn't his brother. Probably was his dad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be some type of, of, of something that breeds in there, comes through some way. Maybe there's some way coming from the ocean. That we don't know about uh, some type of uh, inlet into the into Loch Ness, but uh, I don't want to get too hard the subject with that. But I mean, all this stuff. Getting back to what we're talking about, all this stuff. It does. There seems to be fakery going on to such a level, and everybody wants to be somebody, you know. Um, but well, I think you know, like podcasts and whatnot are great. The podcasts are the best thing right now because there's a lot of information that's being talked about. You know, there's a lot of good people out there. Like I said before, there's a lot of good researchers still and new ones right now that are taking this seriously. They're not taking it like these other people who are trending with it. You know, um, I like researchers that don't try to get on TV. You know, um, might want to just do some research for a few years before you try to aim for a book or, you know, TV or something like that. Your aim shouldn't be that. Your aim should be try to collect information, try to interpret that information as best you can, and then put it out there and try to maybe be part of forums where people can bounce things off you. They know what your views are. And then you can kind of understand things better in the future, you know, yeah. and try not to partake too much in it. Get away from the, the Ouija boards, get away from the, the in, in, in interacting with it. 
that's where the fun is. That's where all the blinky yeah. lights are and mm. the EVPs that get you famous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I People say, well, why, why are people floating around? Because it doesn't need to do that. I don't know what it's going to do, but uh, I don't know. Wait a couple of years and find out. You know, people are saying, well, the paranormal phenomenon is going on. And it's increasing. People are seeing more Bigfoots. People are seeing more UFOs. People are seeing this, that, and the other thing. Well, it might be that that recognition might be lower in that veil, and you might be seeing a lot more things. Well, my my question's always been: Are people seeing more, or are we just hearing more? Uh, the reports. Uh, there's a lot more reports now. Yeah, but we have more ways to report, and we have more. That's true. That's like true. Even the methods of reporting things since we started talking are probably tenfold better than they were. I'm, I would say in, 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 on my end, a lot more reports. I can't say on a mass level. But the individuals that I work with and the stuff that I have, there definitely seems to be an increase in everything. It's, 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 a, it's, a, uh, it's a different type of phenomenon. It's a, uh, it's a collective but like I said, there's a uh, in religious circles, and you know, uh, in other uh, beliefs, there's they talk about a veil, and this veil can become very thin, and you can get more activity, and certain parts of our existence can be more prone to it. So you have places like the maybe the Bermuda Triangle, which is not truly a triangle; it's just an area that certain things happen. There's other areas that people disappear, and strange things happen. All over the world, this, this might be where it's it's thinner there. You know, uh, ancient people talked about this in different parts of the world where there was certain areas that were different from other places. The Indians talked about this. There was there was places they wouldn't even go because they felt that that was an evil place. So, um, so I guess the the fun question at this point is: Does this ever slow down? Do you think people get bored of this? I hope so. Well, give me a little bit more than that, Dave. You can't leave me hanging. I just, because it would bring the, seri- it would just bring a more seriousness. It would bring, after a period of time, it would bring a seriousness back to it again. It just, I just, it's hard for me because I can't mention shows. I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. But this, um, well, I, I, when you have, I'll mention a couple. Like when you have people like Zach Baggins and you have individuals who are, uh, I mean, nothing against these groups like this, these, these TAPS groups or whatnot. But this is like a Boy Scouts. It's like that's this whole army of people like the Kiss of Nation over here. And it, what is this? I mean, sometimes you have to take things on your own. Everyone can't not just follow one thing. You have to take yourself and go into the research yourself. Afterwards, once you feel that you have some grip on what you think you got, go on some form or find try to translate that information to other individuals and bounce it off them. And then get a bounce back and see if you're, you know, see what you're thinking is okay. Yeah, you know, maybe I, you're on the right track, maybe you're not. I laugh about those TV shows because there's one in particular that was at a place that was local to me, which would be my one of my favorite places to go. Not because it was active, right? But it was just a cool place. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not there anymore. But anyway, so this TV show went there, and there's a creek that runs beside it, behind it, kind of you know, swirls around, I guess. And um, the research showed that some little kid died in the creek there, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Okay, uh, that's if, that's the, if that is the best level of research you can do, hmm. 
you missed a whole bunch of other things that went on there. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, you know, the little kid was haunting the place. And I'm like, no, nah, not quite. I've never seen a little kid around here. But. Yeah, it's very good to go into uh, the public records. You know, uh, go to the town hall, look at newspapers. It takes time. I mean, cases take a long time. A lot of people don't want to take that time. They want to have that quick. And we tell the family right off the bat, we don't know how long it's going to take. There's no way of knowing. It depends on what they, they the issue that they have, you know. Does that scare but, some people when you tell them that? Sometimes, but it's, it shouldn't be taken that way. It's just we don't know. We have to collect the information. But uh, like I was just mentioning, um, it, it's it's very good to find out what's going on there because that can be where the connection is between maybe somebody in the house that's having some type of problem mentally. We have oftentimes an individual who has some type of, uh, maybe some type of mental issue. And for whatever reason, the, the place that they, they go to seems to either attract them. We can't really explain that, but it ha does happen. Or uh, they just find themselves there. And they interact with this particular space. We uh, a good case would be um, a haunting again, and it would be the um, the diabolical, where we had we have a child who has a condition, and uh, certain things happened in that house to make it wherein it was there was a connection with this young girl, and we have things that stem from that, and it caused a demonic infestation. So certain things can build on certain things too. So. That's dangerous. You want to shut that down as soon as possible. Sometimes the family will go through this. I've had families go through this for years before contacting anybody. It's, it's amazing to me how they could go through what they're going through and getting there and then walking into the house. And oh, my goodness. I mean, I guess I understand not wanting to jump to a paranormal research yeah. team or whatever, but not contacting anybody doesn't make any sense. No one. We had a little old lady up in uh, Londonderry, Vermont, and there was this thing that was appearing in her window. It would come into the house and smash things, but it was basically terrifying her. Uh, also, in that case, very strangely, she was, saw it. I, I don't know. We don't know because there was no film of this, and you know, she only by word of mouth, but she saw individuals in white robes, and they looked like they were dancing in her back field. This was an old farmhouse. But I don't know if they were pulling tricks on her why they would be doing this but something would keep on appearing in her window she described it as some type of monstrous face but inside the house also things were missing things were smashed so made it very hard for us yeah, I was gonna say, case took a long time and a good negative result uh negative it was a negative result for her um i mean in in the in the long run we ended up uh clearing the house but she ended up um having a breakdown but the family wanted a clearing of the home. Uh, we weren't able. It was a short time afterwards. She wasn't really okay even when we went there because she was saying things to us like um, her family was taking the items. But there was broken items in the house too. So it was obviously whoever these individuals were in the back may have been these individuals who were breaking into the house. But she thought there was family members. So she was obviously not her, not really in her right state of mind. So in talking with the family also, she was living there alone in Londonderry, Vermont. It was just a very secluded place. It was a danger for her. We never found out who those individuals were. Those people down there, we don't know. Yeah, that's what I, when you were saying that, telling that story, I was thinking, was that, are we looking at something very normal? Well, quote unquote. Well, we didn't went down. There was no footprints, nothing. 
it was by word of mouth of her, but she may have been hallucinating because she was losing her mind. But we did a clearing of the house because it was phenomenon that the family said that they had experienced. So we cleared the house and when they were over there because the son would stay over there sometimes, but she was alone, you know, most of the time. But uh, we cleared the house and uh, she was put into a place where she was more comfortable, take care of herself and nothing would happen to her. You know, just in case this was not a hallucination, she was away from there, not, you know, not in a place that she could get hurt. Well, I, I'll just point out for the listener out there who may be wondering why my first thoughts are normal things, right? Well, that's because that's what you should be thinking, not, oh, wow, she's got some real serious activity going on there. Yeah. This is a minor form of exorcism. This wasn't something that took us a long time. It was a minor form of exorcism. But uh, like I said, we wouldn't have done that if the family didn't experience something themselves because we weren't sure where she was, even in talking with her. When we went there, we would go there again, and she didn't think we left. So she would pick up right from, like, from the last time we were there. So we knew there was something wrong. But but the strange thing was is that we never knew if she really did see something in the window. But by the family, they had said to us that there was things that were going on in the house. But we were, it was just something that was minor that we did because there was no one going to be staying at the house for quite a long time. So we did what we call, I, I say exorcism, it's not. This is a different, I, I'm, just, I'm using a very simplified form for lo, the audience, but it's something that we do just, uh, just in case. But, uh, so, wow, I'm still, anyways, shift gear, Jim. We got only got 20 minutes left. We can't get down in the weeds too far here. Um, I'm thinking, well, I, I have, wanted to have you on because next week's Halloween, right? Yeah. It brings up all, all the attention and all the, uh, the eyeballs that the paranormal wants or doesn't want, right? So, give, give my listeners out there. Because right now, everybody's got a good ghost story, right? Mm. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there bullshitting people, right? Yeah. It's like the fish story, right? Yeah. Man, the ghost was, you know, he was throwing stuff and, you know, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So, what's, what's for a big uh, block of salt into people's monkey wrench right now? Monkey wrench, there we go, that's even better. Into their uh, ghost story precipitation. What kind of things should people just know somebody's just making up just for attention? I, I, don't, I don't know if I truly understand the question. How do I know truly if they're not telling the truth? Yeah, how do we know somebody's just telling us a story to tell us a story and trying to seek attention, especially at this time of year where everybody's kind of, it's okay to talk about this stuff. Uh, look at the bush, their bookshelves. Look at the bookshelves. Um, the conversation is very important. Uh, videotapes, anything like that. If they're wearing um, a ghost hunter t-shirt, that's, that's a big no-no. <laughs> Uh, but telling, telling the truth, uh, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I stepped out. It's very hard to tell, but you can tell by their demeanor. Do they feel, does it feel like they truly want help or attention? That's, that's, that's a good place to start. Do they want help or attention? If they want attention, they may need psychiatric help or they're just a person who is, I don't know, maybe a sociopath or something, whatever they have, whatever condition, um, it starts you off. At least you have some some place to start off. But the phone calls are very important, like I said, especially if it's long distance. You don't want to be driving with your team and going to uh, three or four states over and finding out that there's nothing going on. And don't try to make something happen. Like if the person says, you know, something going on, blah, blah, you know, you go in there and you, you know, start to use provocation of some sort or read your boards or, 
If there's nothing going on, there's nothing going on. Move on. There'll be another case. You don't have to, that case. I notice there's a lot of groups that they think they got something real hot here. You know, something that's banging. You know, it's it's really something you should probably step away from. Because there's really not that much really happening. It's probably just going to fade away. You don't need to make it worse. But Dave, I drove four hours to get yeah, this well, light flicker. Hold on, where's my little button? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Those cases will happen. And when it, when it happens, I hope anyone out there who's involved with this in a serious on a serious level you know be very very careful when you're going around a house you know make sure you bring somebody with you make sure that you're not going into places that something could take advantage of that situation it could become dangerous you can have someone uh come under possession too like i mentioned before well i can tell you this much it never happens when the camera's on we have it on camera well i know you do but more often than not dave for the rest of the world me and you yeah that's what i showed during the lectures you know the people understood it, you can't really get it when you're watching one of these shows on tv we did a lot of the a haunting programs and mystery Quest, all these different shows but you can't really get it unless you come to the program i may do that again i haven't done done those in a while but you get to see the actual footage what really happened and this was way before cgi or anything like that i mean this is right from film to you know but if you don't still want to believe it then that's up to the individual but um, all kinds of recordings and, but, um, no, I know Dave's technical level of a computer. So CGI, I mean, it exists now. He probably still couldn't do it. No, <laughs> I, I asked you how to use this, this, uh, software we're talking on right now. So to give and, you an idea. Yeah. And all you had to do was click one click, right? Two clicks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It wasn't too Type hard. Well, <laughs> he probably stumbled over that for a I'm on the, I'm on the ball. <laughs> Yeah, but it's very, very hard. Um, like I said, just, just gauge it as you go. If the person seems too intrigued to become a part of the investigation, that's another, you know, you might want to just have some caution there. Um, if they have a lot of people there, if they have their own personal ghost group with them in the living room when you get there, that's that's something you might not want to do. I've had that happen. Yeah, they didn't tell me they were part of a ghost group, but the whole ghost group's there. And they're all really glad to meet you. And that's, I'm really glad to meet them too, but that's not what we're there for. Could have schedule a meet and greet some other time. No, but it's, it's not just that. We need the individual and the other people need to get out of there because you need the individuals that were involved with it. Good. Other individuals are just, we're gonna, we have like 12 people in this house now. Uh, we've done cases. We did one for the BBC. There were so many people in that house. I, I couldn't even move. It just I, They had, how many, uh, Barbie's sitting here with me, Barbie Hyde, my significant other here. Uh, and uh, people out there might have seen her on the A Haunting program. Waves a lot door. She's been great to me for the years too. Yeah, uh, Barb, I, there was what like nine, like nine people on that BBC. Yeah, it was just a lot of people. Then the they had neighbors over. Just the house became filled. You want only in the the individuals that are involved with it. Only the individuals that had experiences with it. You know, they can give you information because it just gets very stressful. So, Dave, we've spent a lot of time tonight talking about how to get into cases and pay attention to getting into them. But now that we're about 15 minutes left in the show, now I'm going to work backwards here. And how do you get out of cases? Uh, because you've mentioned it several times that sometimes you you know you're just not a good fit. So I'm, gonna, I'm assuming you're going to say honest and frank conversation, but I know there's more than that. When I find nothing in the case, yeah. that's what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard. I mean, the hardest one, the, actually the hardest one, is when someone we believe is having some type of mental, you know, mental difficulty. 
a breakdown, maybe possibly something's going on with medication. Um, and we find out certain things along the way, but it's, it's, it's very hard for us. I think the hardest thing would be, I would say, is probably um, letting the person know that they need to see someone, a counselor. They may have uh, a loss in the family that started something or, st or you know, started something that may have been uh, stemming from something earlier in their life. We have, uh, like in possession cases, we have things like conversion disorder where a person will act out, their bodies will toss themselves all over the place, but it's really stemming from a recent trauma, stemming from an earlier, uh, much, uh, you could say a lethal trauma, not lethal because that'd be deadly, uh, but a, uh, it's such, so impacting that it, years and years later, it just took that switch just to turn it back on again. And it puts them into a state where they're, they're actually convulsing on the floor. And you would think there was possession, but it's actually what they call conversion disorder. This happens. I don't. I can't. Can I, I don't know if I can mention certain things on the yeah, air, but this happens in early rape cases, when someone is raped at a very early age. We've had this happen where later, you know, through our interviews with them, we had found out certain things, or we had let a counselor, someone who is much more learned than us, talk with them, and then we have the report later, and find out that this happened. You can have demonic infestation. Some of the worst ones where the person had something happen earlier in their life where they were sexually molested in some way, uh, either just by some family member or friend, someone neighbor, or maybe even a satanic group or something, maybe, maybe not even a satanic group, maybe some other type of group. Who knows what it might have been. But whatever, um, it, it can cause other things to, it's that stacking, like I was talking about earlier. You can have the stacking of an individual's life where it just takes that one little thing. And it's either this... Either it's going to be a mental breakdown, which we, we can kind of pin down after a few interviews to see there might be some problems there. Um, or it can be something that can be opening up. They have their own personal veil, you know, just like the world has a veil. Our reality has a veil. And there's a chink. And it starts to gnaw at that, cleave at that. So whatever it might be, you know, whatever you want to call it. Demonic. Yeah, as I said, it's interesting that you mentioned traumatic events. Yeah. And because um, I'm taking a very specific case where um, the paranormal was very normal activity. It was just a um, senior abuse situation, I guess is the easiest way to put that. Where the, uh, That's terrible. Where the caregiver wasn't being so nice to the old lady and then would, was hearing voices. Well, of course she was because the old lady was laying in bed not sleeping because she was, well, anyways, we can't get into too far about that because that was a mess. But. You know, like those are the the worst situations where you're you're called in because there's something supposedly not normal going on, and you get there and you find something horrific that yeah. isn't it's not paranormal at all. It just makes your skin crawl, and you have to call people and have uncomfortable conversations with people that you didn't want to call in the first place, but you had yeah. to because mandated reporting wise that you have to do that kind of stuff. So, We've had cases. Uh, just to mention. Uh, We've had cases in uh, safe houses, like the women's safe houses, where they have problems in their relationships and whatnot. I can't really talk about them too much. Matter of fact, we had to sign contracts in working with that because they keep those places super secret. Yes, but we've had instances where we were called in because it was phenomenon. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of energy going on. There, yeah. So. Well, it wasn't just with the, the woman. 
it was with the children because they were living there too. Because we found out 90% of the time it wasn't the adult, though it did happen. It was the children. They were exposed to the either male or, or and sometimes it wasn't at the, at these facilities. It was where we were talking to the husband and the wife had done something. She was either involved with this. I mean, talk a lot, in a lot of cases. The wife may have been involved with either the occult or something, and she did something to the kids. So it could be back or, you know, back and forth either way or both parents. And the grandmother and grandfather is trying to help. Or maybe the grandfather and grandfather are, are some kind of whatever they're doing to the kids. And then the parents are trying to fight it. And it's We've had everything. Just about every religion, every... And on top of it, it did the cases with Ed and Lorraine. It's, this is the knowledge. I mean, you have to you try to take that knowledge. I try to store this knowledge. One day, I'm going to take all of this and just make sure it goes to the right place. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of like a head start. They don't have to... The future people don't have to worry about that. There's a lot more to learn, too. Oh, every day, right? If you're not learning something every day, you're... Oh, yeah. We'll be gone by that time. But at least I'll have a head start. I mean, there's just not a lot. Of, I mean, there are good books from the past. I learned a lot. But there's a lot of research. And there's a lot of research we're not going to cover in a lifetime. But someday, maybe we'll have, you know, a little bit of a grip on what's going on. The UFOs flying in. Bigfoot's popping up. Poltergeist. Demons. Ghosts. We'll get a little bit someday. Well, someday. Oh, so it's, it's probably time for me to remind everybody. It's been a while since I reminded people listening to the show that when I pass, if you do an EVP session trying to contact me before I'm in the ground, which I think I'm being cremated now, so just be aware, light a candle. And I'm going to give you a very clear sign that the afterlife is real. I'm going to light your house on fire and I'm going to let it burn you. <laughs> Just be aware. That's that's the consequence for trying to contact me early. Today I'm going to want to call you on the phone, Jim. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I was going to say. I'll be so forgotten so quickly. It won't even matter. <laughs> You're too much. Um, is there anywhere safe, Dave? You kind of mentioned a woman's. You know, because you think of certain places as being safe. Is there anywhere that actually is? Well. In regards to individuals being abused? No, no, like act activity-wise, like because you know we can go sleep like, at the Vatican. I mean, oh well, there's secrets there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how safe you'd be. Well, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, people don't understand the the Vatican has become an institution over the past hundred years. There's a lot of things going on there. A lot of organizations like P2 have flown through there. A lot of different uh, people who are not even Catholic that are flowing through there. A lot of mafia flowing through there. A lot of things flowing through there. Yeah, like a, I'd love to just move and you know get a room over there and just. I make a it. suggestion. One yeah. suggestion that they get rid of the bank. They get rid of that bank. It's causing them a lot of trouble. Just have their own monetary keep you know monetary system within themselves and not hold other people's money and whatnot because it's just it causes a lot of chaos. It makes people question all kinds of things. It should be what it is. A center for the faith. And this center also makes contact with other branches within the faith and tries to connect. It's not supposed to be BCCI. So I think there's a big mistake. Just don't do that. It's, it's probably a better thing that you're just a center for faith, not doing anything else, nothing po political, no, pol no politics, nothing that has to do with anything with money, none of that stuff. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do the right thing. 
So I'm going to do my my buddy Dave here a favor. If you want to contact him, come for me, and I'll figure out if you need to contact him or not. Sounds good. <laughs> How's that work? Normally You'll be my ask, in between. I normally, you know, I ask guests how people can contact them, and well, I'm just going to say that for you because I know what's going on with you right now. But so, Dave, this has been a phenomenon over. Well, this is probably a last couple year phenomenon. So you have missed this one so far. Yeah. It's time for the last question of the night. Buckled up? You all ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. This is, this is a tough one. A little tired, but ready. Well, this this is very relevant for you, then. What is your favorite breakfast? My favorite breakfast? I would say, I have to say, uh... Nah, I was going to say Eggs Benedict, but no. I would say just your standard breakfast. Bacon, eggs, English muffin, not toast. Man, orange juice. Heart- orange juice and a coffee. There you go. Man, orange, man after my, my heart there, he said bacon first. Bacon. <laughs> Bacon's a good thing. I got to have the bacon. It's just too squishy. There's nothing there for me. I need crunchiness. Oh, you're one of those crunchy people. I have to. I can't eat that turkey bacon. The, the turkey oh. bacon, I oh, I took it out of the icebox. It was it was flat as paper. I couldn't yeah, eat that. No, no. Yeah. I'd rather have beef jerky. Looks no. like bacon. <laughs> but beef jerky, if you get the right stuff. I when I get my beef jerky, I usually go to the fairs. They have it in the big bins. It's they make it fresh. The stuff in the bags just tastes like rubber. Yeah. It tastes like teriyaki rubber. Well, it was made by Goodyear. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes that check in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Dave, I appreciate you immensely, and uh, thanks for your friendship through the years and all the fun stuff. But we'll have you back on sooner than whatever this has been. But. Oh, thanks for having me on. This is always fun. And it's nice to connect with everybody. And, uh, okay, so. Oh, wait, we got to do that, too. Uh, outro music, you know. <laughs> See if I can find it. There it is. Watch it's it. the Mallard Report. Yeah, the Mallard Report. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past.
Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.